You're listening to ViewSource, a conversation around tech, web development, and WordPress with hosts Ruba Ahmed, that's me, and Brian Kortz. Ruba, are you experiencing deja vu right now? Yes. It also helps that you have the same outfit on. <laughs> you know, a lot of people in tech, I think they think of like Steve Jobs and he wears the same outfit every day. But I think of like 90s Nickelodeon cartoons and like how they would wear this. Like Bart Simpson wore the same clothes every day. And I remember mm-hmm, an episode mm-hmm. of... I think it was Doug on Nickelodeon and he opened his closet and it was just the same outfit like over and over. (laughs) And I remember thinking as a kid, like that's a genius idea because you never have to think about clothes again. And then I was sent to a school that made you wear uniforms and uh, that was it. So black hoodie (laughs) every day. I never have to think about what I'm going to wear. I mean, I have a uniform too. It's just not restricted to color. It's I wear a tunic and I wear like a pair of jeans or a pair of tights and that's what I wear, you know. Um, I also don't really think about what I wear. I just pick whatever is clean and in hung up in my closet because they're all the same type of outfit for the most part. But yeah, I think that there's times when I wonder, hmm, maybe I should try like a full on proper uniform that's like all the same color and everything. But I'm too lazy to now go out and buy multiples of the same thing just to try it out. <laughs> to be fair, this this black hoodie is a little snug and my wife will not let me wear it out in public because it's it's a little tight on me and I think it shrunk. I don't think it has anything to do with me. I 100%. It's it's definitely the hoodie. But I've been bugging her to just order me like two more. I'm like just keep buying more cuz I actually have like three black hoodies, but my favorite one yeah. is getting too snug. That's fair. That's fair. But yes, that, it is total deja vu for sure. Yeah, that is not not even why I asked about deja vu. I asked about <laughs> deja vu because we have already recorded this episode and here we are recording it again and it is yes. 100% my fault. Well, I think I can take part of that blame. I didn't notice either. <laughs> yeah, when we recorded it, I was using the microphone in my AirPods instead of the nice podcast microphone and the minute I went to edit it it was like oh geez what am (sighs) I hearing (laughs) I don't know how I didn't notice it it was weird I am surprised that you didn't notice it yeah yeah yeah. but But I I think it was a good thing yeah because Mm -hmm. we when we first recorded this episode and we're going to talk all about collaborating on github collaborating in the open making a pull request in somebody else's project um we recorded this before I had finished the pull request and you reviewed it yes. for me and we did that in real time on the call and we talked about some of the feedback but now i've we finished it we've merged it we deployed it we posted about it we got a ton of uh traffic on it it was super cool so yeah. we'll, it'll be a different perspective totally and maybe a more complete perspective because now you can go and see not only is it like how was it reviewed? But then after the review, because GitHub is like so good at showing the activity, we can see what happened afterwards and how that turned into the final like piece of the project that we can also show now. <laughs> yeah. So why don't I share the website um, yes. that you started and then we'll talk about what the idea was. Yeah, let's do it. This is WPHelpers.dev. Can you explain, because this is your project really, can you explain what it is and how yeah. it started. So WPHelpers.dev actually used to be called Latest WP 
dot is, which came out of a conversation in the post status Slack last year, where a lot of people were sharing these one pager websites that tell you the version of something or tell you what the day of the week is. And someone was like, wouldn't it be cool if you could go to a site and it would tell you what the latest WordPress version is? Because I mean, it's not that hard to find, but there is not one single URL that you could just go to. And so I decided to experiment a little bit with Netlify and Next.js at the time and create a serverless function that accesses the WordPress.org API, pulls out what that single you know, version number is, and pops it on this big page. Then later, I ended up adding one more little piece of functionality to it and decided to rename the whole thing WP Helpers because I had this vision that it could be a collection or library of tools and interesting, helpful things for other WordPress developers or builders, but then I didn't have time to actually do anything about it. And then you had an idea based out of your own little frustration that I've also experienced, right? Yeah. So I was using, I've been doing a lot of custom block development and a lot of Gutenberg stuff. And when you're in Gutenberg, you don't really use the dash icons quite as much. You use the new icon library. It's really great. It's a package. It's in Gutenberg. You can use it anywhere you want. Um, but they just don't have that classic, like when you, every icon library has like a good landing page where you can see all the icons, you can search, you can filter, you can click on them, you can click to copy them. Like it's just mm -hmm. the normal like landing page for an icon library that like sells it. And it's kind of that classic yeah. Gutenberg thing of like, we built a really cool thing and we're just going to try really hard to make sure no one ever finds it. And, you know, <laughs> I just thought, man, it would not be that hard to just make this page. Um, and that's yes. when you said, do it on WP Helpers. Yeah, because it already was there and that was the idea for it. And I figured it's already a project that's set up, right? Which I think was really helpful for you. Yeah, because sometimes I get those like single page ideas like, oh, it'd be cool to do this. And then I'm like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and do this. <laughs> but it it worked out really well because all the Gutenberg packages, like they're all kind of basically like React, like you know, it's WordPress element, but it's essentially they're just kind of you could use with React anywhere. And mm -hmm. your site was built on React and Next.js, so like yes. you once you said that, and it was like I could build a single page, I could load the the package the normal way it's meant to be loaded, and. Mm -hmm like loop through it, like it was actually, mm -hmm. it was honestly like easier than if I had like sat down and thought, how would I do this now? Like it all just, the pieces fit together like so perfectly. It was yeah. Really and cool. I don't think you spent a long time on it. Like you got the initial version of it whipped up in I think less than two, three hours. Oh, easily. Yeah. It was yeah. very quick to make. The hardest part was really thinking through the UI, um, right. which was, I think, where most of the feedback in the the action is. Um, we yes. should just show it, and then yeah. and then we'll let's look at it. Kind of see. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. So, I like that you added this. You have now you you don't just have this. You have like these extra things. So let's click yes. through. Yes. Let's go to so, the icon library. This is essentially the icon library. I mean, there's so many good icons on here, and yes. And what there's more coming. Was, They're constantly adding more icons to the WordPress icon library. So it'll be really nice to see it update and be able to see all of those as well. Yeah, because I saw somebody had a pull request for, um, I think it was like the details block that there may be potentially right. do. 
So then in their mm-hmm. pull request, they had a new icon for the block. Like yes. it's kind of cool. You get to see them add to it. Let's, what should we search yeah. for? Yeah. Let's search for the custom do- post type icon. So I'll just type in post and we'll get everything related to a post. Yes. Yeah. The, the one downside is the icon library doesn't have any real metadata. So you really are only searching by the name um, mm-hmm. versus on the dash icons uh, font, the old way they used to do icons. Um, when you search that page, there's a little more metadata. So like you could search for like media and you'd get images and, you know, you'd get all different yeah. things. What's cool yeah. about this is you you rebuild the whole project whenever there's a new release. It just rebuilds it. So yeah. then if they release a new version, like it's just going to pull all that in automatically. And just yeah, that's true. Compile it. We so these are all it. the icons for posts. And a lot of these, I mean, they're all in use, I think, right now. And you can just see all of them. But what's really awesome is like the area at the top that you have, which lets mm-hmm. you copy all the relevant pieces of code or the name or the import or the mm-hmm. icon component with the name already filled in. And I was... Actually, as we're talking, I was thinking maybe right here we should have like the npm install, you know, because that's the Ooh, one other that would thing be nice. A little click yes. to copy the what it's what you need to do to install it. I mean, depending on how you set up your WordPress project, it might not need to be installed. I mean, that's actually what's really cool is like we're using this on a not WordPress, like a React app, like website. But if you yeah. are in WordPress and you're using like WP scripts and stuff and you mm-hmm. imported an icon, you know, if you use the import here to import an icon and this was here, WP scripts would like basically say like, yep, we know what that is. We'll make sure yes. it's enqueued beforehand. Like it's, you know, it would handle it all just that knows. for you. Yeah. 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 And what's really awesome about this, which is like one of my favorite parts is you can copy the SVG and post like paste it in any vector program like figma or xd or sketch and it will just create the icon because all of those are svg slash you know vector based programs so this actually works not just for developers but it also works for anyone who wants to use these icons in their mock-ups and designs yeah which is awesome because i like i'm a huge fan of i think we even talked about this in our last episode about the the tag processor yeah. where we were modifying SVGs. Like I love, I'm going to, I'm always just going to throw that SVG in the page. Like if definitely. I can, if I'm building, like if I'm building in JavaScript, I can definitely use these components and stuff. But if I'm in there, I'm like writing yeah, in, PHP, in PHP, I can just come in here and just steal this SVG and just stick it in there. Um, exactly. And then it just matches WordPress. Oh, so good. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. So this is the final result of what ended up getting merged and released into the project and then into the wild. Mm -hmm. But let's now go through the actual pull request of when you wanted to put it in the project. Okay. So here is the main page of the repo that I cloned. Mm -hmm. Because you added me as a collaborator, I actually didn't have to like fork the whole repo and then submit my pull request that way. It's actually not a huge difference um in most cases um but in this case pretty similar it made it a little easier because uh you have some kind of cool things set up here that we'll talk about like netlify um which i I thought was really great Mm -hmm. so um and i think since we've done this this is now open source or was it already open source it was always open source yeah okay so let's go to my pull request the first thing that i did was create a pull request very early in the process. I've created a branch 
I threw up the idea of like bare bones, what it would look like. And mm-hmm. I added this very first comment here with, let's be honest, like not the most <laughs> like verbose <laughs> good comment, but like so we had been chatting about it. So you kind of already knew it was coming. Um, yeah. But I threw it at you like early, like initial commit, like yes. before anything and threw it at you. And at the time you titled it WIP, Searchable Gutenberg Icon Library, because you noted that it was a work in progress. In GitHub, if you have a paid organization or if it's an open source personal repository, you also actually also have the ability to create work in like work in progress draft pull requests, draft, yeah. which is a really nice way to let other people know when you're contributing to their project or to anything that, hey, this thing is coming, but it's not ready. But even if you don't do it that way, like the you can set up just like a label right so wip and then the other person knows it's not ready but you know here you go you can monitor the progress give feedback it's really nice yeah and like the minute you do that netlify jumps in because you're hosting this with netlify it's auto deploying and everything they actually like create they take my branch they make a preview url of it that you can click on and you can visit and we can immediately be looking at the same thing. You don't even have to pull it. You don't have to do anything. And we can just yeah. both have like something in front of us to talk about, to uh, mm-hmm. start collaborating on and like have that discussion way earlier in the process so that I didn't go so far down a, a weird path that I did something weird. Um, for example, I think you very early on were like, you should model this after the dash icons, like landing, like the old classic dash icons where the icons on one side and you click yeah. to copy up here and everything's in a grid and like, you know, mm-hmm. getting that feedback early made like really like, I think probably saved a lot of me banging my head against the wall. Cause I'm not like a UI design person. Yeah. And that way you're not wasting your time or doubling your work by creating it in one way and then having to redo it because this other person wants it done or has feedback or ideas on it as well. And what I really liked was when I was reviewing it and giving you feedback was if you click on that deploy preview, Mm -hmm. it has this collaboration drawer. And if you're logged in, you're able to see the pull requests in the little drawer, like click on and add screenshots from the page on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, comment on things from there. So it gives you like a really nice way to be on the project, like be on the deploy preview and also be adding feedback inside the pull request. So that's something I also really appreciate about how Netlify works. It's really cool. Yeah. Some of these things, as we've been spending time in Next.js, particularly and Netlify and everything, mm-hmm. where especially like, there's no database, there's no plugins, there's really no WordPress. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, it's pretty nice. Yeah, there's some pretty cool things about it, <laughs> for sure. One uh, final thing I will say is if I didn't know you and wasn't already talking to you about this, I would much, much more uh, have filled this out, put some screenshots, mm-hmm. put some like objectives of what it's trying to accomplish. Um, you know, if you're pull request, you're making a pull request on something that's like more public and, you know, maybe more formal, like you really do have to make a good case and and kind of explain what you're trying to accomplish uh, to get the best feedback for sure. 
Definitely. Yeah. In this case, because we already were talking on Slack and I think part of this conversation even happened on a Zoom right after recording a podcast episode, I think uh, it was okay. But yeah, if you're contributing to a project or if you're working with a team and it's a client project and you're just working internally even, you want to add a really good initial comment so that not only are your teammates who are currently in the middle of this project with you able to understand what's going on, but your future self and other people in the future can come back to it and understand what was the initial goal of this, what were we trying to accomplish, being a little more over-communicative in your activity on GitHub in a pull request or an issue, all of that, there's never a bad outcome from that. It only just adds like value in the present and later as well. And then I requested a review from you probably a little too early, like for an actual review. But I mean, that depends on your process. Like, do you want reviews early? Yeah. Do you want to review it at the very end? I don't know that I would really like requesting a review to me feels like look at the code and make sure it's all good. And it probably wasn't at that point yet. It was more just like, look at the idea and just get a sense of it. But, um, you know, I mean, I think that it depends, right? Because you and I yeah. both are very iterative in our process of creating things. And so you and I are constantly saying to each other, hey, can you take a look at this? Hey, can you review this? And then adding more to it. And both of us understanding that this doesn't mean it's a final thing. You know, this doesn't yeah. mean that it's perfectly done. It's in the process of it. So as long as you're clear with the people you're working with, what a review is for, it's, you know, you, know, you can make it work for yourself, for you and your team. And the nice thing is, so like if we go down, um, there's things like general comments, conversations that we had. So you had some yeah. ideas about different features to add. I had mm -hmm. some ideas and some links of like things I was trying to reference. And, you know, yeah. you even like include like notes from a call of like, okay, now that we've talked about it, what do we think? Um, and so all of that stuff is just a general thread of a conversation. But then as we get into like reviews, you start seeing like, okay, here's actual requests, here's actual comments and stuff like that. Yeah. And those are really, really nice because you can get really fine grained, very specific with those. Yeah. Like for example, you were literally commenting on here. I used CSS grid and I made it five columns in this original version. And yeah. You wanted four columns. I wanted five columns um, <laughs> with a smaller And then we had a conversation type. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked at some of the icon names that are like 50 character long. And it was like, okay, yeah, I'm not like, I'm not going to win this one. Um, <laughs> but it was great because we could talk about it right in the line of code, you know? And yes. it's like right here. Um, and now GitHub even tells us this is outdated because uh, you ended up winning. Um, so I can actually resolve this, right? It's not a competition. Yes, you can resolve it. You didn't win, but you you were right. I convinced uh, it, you. It was not well, it just wasn't gonna happen with five columns. Some of those icon yeah. names were like coming out of the side of the box. <laughs> yes. I think that that's really important. Sometimes when you have those very specific code related conversations you someone creates it and they were thinking something and then someone comes into it with a piece of feedback and it's really i think the important thing important perspective to keep here is everyone is trying to achieve the best possible outcome so it's more about 
understanding everyone's side of it so that you can come to a conclusion that we all think is the right move, right? So in this case, I was able to convince you and make a good case for it and you ended up agreeing with me, but it could have easily gone the other way where you had a completely different solution that I hadn't thought of that would have meant that we could kept have kept the five columns perhaps and have it still be really readable and like it could have gone in so many different ways, depending on what that code situation is. So as long as in a review process, both the reviewer and the reviewee are always remembering that we are all on the same side, we're all trying to achieve the same goal, then everything's going to be okay. You know, it's not a punitive thing. It's not a, it's not a scary thing. It's a collaborative thing, collaborative thing. <laughs> and then sometimes just you win and I lose and that's just the way it is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's true. And the another good example kind of along those lines is this one here. Um, it's not showing the code because the code, I think we ended up deleting and moving stuff around so far. No, so I think it's because I commented on the whole page. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you had an idea, you commented mm -hmm. it here, and then I was I used a little drop down where you basically make a new issue and that issue yeah. will always have a link back here to remind you of where the issue the came from. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was like you you were like, we need actually a real header for the site now that it has multiple pages, but we'll do that in a new issue. So I made a new issue. I made a little link here and I resolved it. And it's like, yeah. just the like history of everything. It's like, it, like yeah. these little moments come in handy later on when you least expect it, when you can find the the logic train. Totally. And, you know, in a project where you and I, are not the only ones who are contributing, for example. And let's say that we weren't talking on Slack. Even better would have been we created an issue first where we talked about what we're trying to achieve and then we linked that to a pull request because having that thread of history to follow back later for other people, especially in something that might be open source, is so key and it's so vital for other people to understand how you work and what you expect and what you want or would want, you know, when they're trying to contribute to. So in this case, it's literally perfect. So now you've created this issue and, you know, we have other issues in there too, as we've been like documenting ideas for what we want to add here. And then you can come back to it. Or if someone else were to come in and say, oh, I can help with that. Now they know the context of where this came from and can probably like have a pretty, like guess pretty well what that component might look like, even without having to talk to us. Yeah. And one thing I get tripped up on because yeah, normally in most projects, we would have opened an issue with the idea yeah. and then mm -hmm. maybe assigned it and said, okay, I'll assign this to myself because I want to make the pull request for it first. And so that yeah. is, yeah, one thing that's kind of unusual about this. But then I do get tripped up sometimes where you have an issue for a topic and you have a pull request for that same thing. And mm -hmm. the conversation sort of starts to split, split. because on the issue, mm -hmm. you're talking about the problem and maybe some potential solutions. But on the pull request, you're really talking about this particular approach and solution and this code, like, like the issue becomes this sort of general idea and the pull request gets yeah. really specific, but sometimes you, you kind of forget, Oh, where did we talk about that? Was that on the issue? Was that on here? Wasn't there a link to that? So that is yeah. one tricky thing, um, that you do have to keep in mind that if you're looking at a pull request, if it says at the top closes issue number, whatever, or if it says mm -hmm. in the sidebar, um, over here, uh, usually there'll be like related issues under this development in the tab. Development. 
Mm-hmm. You got to go there too. And sometimes more of the conversation unfolds in the issue. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Sometimes you have to jump around in multiple places in order to get context. And let's say you're looking at a much larger project, for example, the Gutenberg repo for WordPress. You might sometimes in order to follow the thread of a conversation, I have to go through like eight or nine links because you might have a pull request that was linked to an issue, which might be part of a larger tracking issue, which might be part of a larger tracking issue that was actually stemming from a different smaller issue. And there might be multiple comments to go through. So it can be overwhelming. But even when it is overwhelming, it's really, really nice that you have these amazing interlinks available in the history and the way GitHub tracks everything. So at least you can generally follow the thread, even if it might seem like a longer thread than necessary. Yeah, I mean, over-communicating is always better than not having enough information. But like the other day, you sent me a thing of like, look in Gutenberg, they're doing this thing about patterns. And then it was like 10 issue links. I was like, am I going to read all these? It's going to take me a day just to parse through. <laughs> I know. I'm, I needed to send that to like ChatGPT. Read all of these issues, summarize what are they trying to accomplish here. But it's true, like that there's so much on a thing like Gutenberg, like it's, it's, it's big, it's complicated. There's one issue. I think that one was about patterns, right? But that affects everybody. That yeah. affects people who use different types of themes. It affects people who are editing. Mm-hmm. It affects whether you're in the site or like, so it becomes a part of all these different threads that they have to tie together. And it is nice that at least the links are there. You can follow it. I mean, it's, it's better than if it was just in Slack, you know, or in, email, yes. right. Definitely. So I requested all these changes and then we, I, we resolved all of them in one way or another. And then mm-hmm. you added more updates to basically resolve those, right. And create that extra issue. Yeah. So this was that pull request that when I made a new or the new, when I made a new issue, it, yeah, there's another kind of link to it another kind of cool connection. I mm-hmm. did a couple, uh, commits you can see here. Um, I didn't really ask for feedback, but I got it right here. Uh, <laughs> I knew, yes, it, <laughs> I knew it wasn't well, responsive. I was looking, I was creeping on it cause it was exciting. <laughs> yeah. I knew, I knew it was neat. So you can see kind of all the little like pieces you can track, mm-hmm. bringing back documents, all these sorts of things. And then another review, which you get with this kind of green check mark that lets you know, like this was approved, it was reviewed. And so was there any, this just shows you, oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. You can go into the code view, the file changes view, which I think you and I live in a lot when we're reviewing oh, pull yeah. requests anyway, because on the side where you can see in this new code view that GitHub introduced this year, mm. you can see easily with the icons when something is a new file or if something has been a modified file. So it's a green plus icon when it's a brand new file. And if something was modified, it's sort of like a orangey brown dot. Right. And I find that really, really handy because I want to know, okay, what are the new things that were added? But then, okay, where did you change something that was in my existing code base that I might need to take a closer look at because it affects existing stuff. Right. And there's also a, like a red one. It'll show you if a file was deleted. Deleted. um, Yeah. 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 Which is handy. I mean, I'm somebody who loves a tiny bunch of tiny little files, but like this whole page is really not a lot of files, a couple changes a couple of components, yeah. um, mm-hmm. like the whole thing is actually pretty, pretty clear. And then 
you know, there's yes. all those spots where you added comments. Yeah. But yeah, like that, those sorts of like little conversations, having them here um, and mm-hmm. having, being able to see all of the conversations we had, um, being able to like come through, like when you review, you get this little drop down, you get to put in like general comments, you get to click yeah. on a line and start a new comment. Like all this stuff mm-hmm. just makes collaboration oh so much easier. And the one thing to really remember about review is even if you're adding those separate comments and everything, until you submit your review, the other person will not see it. So you can actually leave it open for a while and come back to it. And that's something that's not as easy if you were doing it without the review process, because then they'll see those uh, uh, comments coming in on a rolling basis. And that can sometimes be frustrating when you're getting reviewed because you may not have the whole context for what how something was getting reviewed. So when it's an, a proper GitHub review, everything goes out together in one little section with an overall general comment, which is a really important place for you to not only, you know, what is it called? A compliment sandwich. So always, yes, you are asking for changes, you're asking for updates, but also let's acknowledge the awesome work and the hard work that another person did, whether that's your teammate on a client project or that's someone who's contributing to your project. That's really important to always do. So I like to use that general comment for that. You know, I, because I've learned that one the hard way where I asked a developer, like, how come you haven't addressed these comments? And I said it like that. I said, what's your problem? Address these comments. You know, I was really rude about it. I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I was said like, oh, did you get my comments? And they didn't. And I didn't understand that you, you have to actually like submit it. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really, I didn't really get it, but that actually makes a lot of sense. Like if I, if you're getting that one comment at a time, it's like when you're at a restaurant and like, you're like, can I get a soda? And then they come back and then you're like, oh, can I get uh, some more ranch? And then they come back and then you're like, yeah. oh, and I forgot I dropped my fork. And you're like running the waitress yeah. like back and forth. It's so annoying. And you just, so like mm-hmm. the fact that it, submits the whole batch um super handy definitely yeah so it's a it's it's well thought out and it definitely makes collaboration a little smoother and a little less with crossed wires i think when you use these features that are available to you in github and if you're using netlify you know having that collaboration drawer with the deployment previews now no one can say oh it's not working on my environment no we're all looking at the same deploy preview (laughs) yeah i don't have to worry about your like weird issue that you messed up your command line last week when you updated xcode and now like you're on (laughs) php5 on your local yeah all of that goes away because we're all just looking at the same thing Yes, definitely. So let's see what happened next. Approve. I got a compliment sandwich right here, right? Like a little nice thing. And then when I click the merge, that makes a nice little merge commit and you change the title and we're done. And that's everything. Yep. Yeah. And then it was live. And because it's Netlify, it automatically deploys anything to production that gets pushed into main. And within, I think, a couple minutes, it was live for the whole world to see. And then you did this amazing tweet thread on it, which got so much attention. It was so fantastic. And then we ended up having to be like, oh, okay, maybe there's a couple extra things we should do like uh, that we didn't do before, (laughs) like add a like a social media preview so it doesn't look terrible on Twitter and that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, there there's a few things where you go, oh, yeah, WordPress would have like handled that for me if this was a WordPress site that I wouldn't have to think about. Yeah. But also the fact that I just clicked merge and then it was live. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> so much better. Uh, you know, the 
this this was the this honestly on a personal like this this one turned me on like next and that stuff because for specific situations like this where you're like i just want to make one cool interactive thing uh with like minimal effort um yeah it, it really like it couldn't have been easier i don't think like i it could not have been an easier process. Totally. And, you know, I think this is that really important note of use the right tool for the right situation and project and use case. In this situ- situation, WordPress actually didn't make sense. But in another situation where there's a lot of content heavy stuff happening or whatever, WordPress would make sense. So we love WordPress, but I think, you know, you and I also both really enjoy Next.js and I've been working with it a lot as well recently. And there's just some really cool things in it. Like dynamic routing in next.js is amazing, but we can maybe, we should do an episode on next.js, I think. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. Like a, a walkthrough, just like, it's like one of those things where I was like, that just sounds <clears throat> too confusing. I don't even know what it's for. Um, yeah. And then you, I think you hear about it a lot in the context of like headless WordPress, where, yes. you know, if this was like headless WordPress, that's a whole separate thing. But when it's just its own, yeah little like starter template um mm-hmm. because netlify and next like they have this little starter template that like has all the stuff it has the routes it has everything ready and you're just like yeah. making little pages that are just a handful of lines of code yeah we should yeah we should do that and next js like so smooth yeah, yeah it, this was a really awesome pull request and i'm so excited that you made it it's so cool and it's so fun to see people you know going to it and we can tell when someone copies an element, uh, like an icon or something. So there's definitely people clicking and copying and using it already. So that's really cool to see. And using using your GDPR compliant Fathom analytics, right? And yes. Not, uh, there's yeah. no Google <laughs> analytics. And I think what was one last thing that came out that was really cool was in the middle of this, one of them was one of the icons wasn't loading and it just looks yeah. broken. And you. Yeah found the bug in Gutenberg, submitted mm-hmm. a pull request in Gutenberg to fix their broken icon. And then yeah. a contributor actually pointed out that, oh, good, I checked it on Storybook, which is <laughs> their visual Nick, reference Nick for, Nick, yeah, for all the <laughs> icon, like <laughs> kind of like, oh, yeah, I checked that on the visual reference for all the icons that already exists in WordPress. <laughs> We just <laughs> built this whole thing and didn't know it already existed. Um, yeah, we should have, but it is so hidden. Do you want to pull that up? It It's so hidden and it's so like hard to find and you don't think that the storybook will have it that we didn't realize it was there. This is the icon package that we based it on, right? So, you know, yeah. this is what we're essentially doing, but nowhere in here is there any link to anything that tells you that you can actually look at all the icons. Like nowhere yes. here do you get a, an idea of what they look like visually. Yeah. How did you how did you get to it? The visual reference? Yeah. Well just from his comment. Well, yeah, I got to it from his comment, but you know, I do go to the storybook quite a lot, but it is yeah. true. It is nearly impossible to find the storybook unless you know it already exists or if an existing like contributor links you to it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what the storybook looks like. And I mean, the storybook concept is really great. Mm-hmm. And it has all the components in some shape or form. If you scroll right to the very, very bottom of oh, yeah, the whole you, components. 
Yeah, Past the experimental right. components. Yes. There then, it is down here. And then you see the icon component and also all of the icons, which you can. They are searchable. Oh. Okay, so if I put in post, I get the same exact ones because that's all they're basing yeah. on. But they don't have that cool click to copy. Yeah, it does exist, but it is very hard to find. But yeah. now I think we have an easier one. And it's an U yeah. it's just an easy URL to remember too, right? So like wbhelpers.dev slash icons. Mm -hmm. Done. <laughs> but yeah, so that is the process of creating a pull request and merging it into a project that another person might be maintaining that you want to collaborate with. And then the final result, it goes live and it's, it's, it's a pretty good feeling. Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me collaborate. I think like now it's going to be an even better resource. And if you have an idea oh, yeah. then reach out to us with your idea or open an issue of what you think mm -hmm. wphelpers.dev needs for its next cool, uh, like, helper. Idea. Totally. All right. Well, I guess I'll talk to you the next time we record. All right. See you then. Visit viewsource.fm for the latest updates and links to the show notes. Review and subscribe to ViewSource in iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.